Hello and welcome to Dab Without Borders, a podcast about the messiness of modern day dadding and the challenge of long distance parenting. My name is Blue and I am a Dad Without Borders. Welcome back to Dad Without Borders. It's been a nice summer break and I'm glad to be back, but it was a break that I needed. If anybody has not listened to the show before and maybe doesn't know my backstory, very quickly, uh, I have three kids. So I have a nine-year-old who lives overseas in the UK and I have a three and a half-year-old who lives with me here with my wife and we have a baby boy, beautiful baby boy. And it's been a very busy summer juggling everybody's needs and making sure that everybody has time um, because my eldest son was over here for four and a half weeks. And so it's really important that I get to spend as much time with him as possible. And also we've been transitioning into this new reality with a baby. So juggling a baby, a three-year-old and a nine-year-old and all their different needs, and also making sure mum is supported and that she has everything she needs. Yeah, I've been feeling it's a lot of work. And I actually took a lot of time off work um, while my son was here for that four and a half weeks. So yeah, it's been a really nice break, but it's been really busy and I'm really excited to get back into um, into a bit of a rhythm with work and having a fairly fixed schedule every week because I find that that does help uh, maintain a certain level of mental wellness. Um, because yeah, it's a lot otherwise if you're just at the home every day with all the kids. So daycare, we have daycare, which is great. We have grandma down the road. Mum has been amazing with new baby. New baby is incredible. Very, very smiley and really fun to be around actually. Um, I'm not a baby dad. It's usually not the most, it's not my favorite part of parenting, I would say, the the baby phase. But actually, this kid, I'm loving it. It's great. If you have not listened to the show before, yes, one of my eldest son lives overseas in the UK. So when he is here and he is here every summer, next year he'll be here for Easter, summer, Christmas. Um, But yeah, so when we do get that time with him, it's really precious time. And so I do focus a lot of energy around him and making sure that I'm building his relationship with his siblings as well, which is amazing. I have to say, I have a lot of thoughts to share from the last three months, um, which I will be doing so over the next three weeks. I can't do it all in one show. It would be way too much talking um, and you'd fall asleep. So over the next few weeks, expect me to share some experiences of, yeah, the three juggling the needs of three kids with that kind of age gap. Um, but right now I thought I would just start for anyone that's interested. It was a really intense first two weeks. I will say that, but I'll get to that in a minute. The first thing I was going to say about this, which was when it came to the day of the birth, the build up to that day, um, one of the big concerns we had was what to do with our three year old. Like, how do we manage him while having to rush to the hospital? And I think we both felt a little bit strained around that. And so what we ended up doing, and this is so great to have family close by, 
is that the family looked after him while we went to stay in a hotel in the local town because we are in one hour uh, drive from the hospital. And that was really good to go and get in our own bubble away from the distractions of our home life, uh, including our young boy, our young child. We decided to go to the hotel and it felt like a date night. I would say it's a pretty intense way to get a date night in a hotel um, to, to get pregnant. Uh, but it was kind of fun. We ordered a bunch of food in. We watched some trashy TV, mild contractions through the night. And then in the morning, we were given a room in the hospital. The midwife decided, given the signs, the contractions that were building up, that it was very likely uh, the birth was going to happen that day or into that evening. Um, and so mum did go into labor, which increased through the day. Um, and I got to say, the midwife was amazing. The midwife was incredible. It's my third child, and it was easily the best experience in terms of um, really feeling like we had an advocate for what we wanted at the hospital, which was essentially a home birth in the hospital, that kind of vibe. Um, so with her support, we got the room. We set it up in a way that that would make it feel maybe not like home exactly, but we set up Christmas lights. We got um, a diffuser with lavender, so you could sp the whole room smelled of lavender, which is really nice. Helps create a calming atmosphere. Um, and then also another thing we did, because my wife is Métis, which is mixed European and Indigenous ancestry. Um, we did a traditional smudging, or she she did, I didn't, um, a traditional smudging ceremony with the midwife to clear the energy in the room. That might sound a bit out of left field, um, but it felt like the right thing to do for us, to mark the occasion and wanting it to make it feel more like our space. Um, and it's a very traditional thing, common to many First Nations, um, and involves the burning of a medicine, which typically is tobacco, sage, cedar, or sweetgrass. And we, we use sage. Um, that's a very common one that's used. Um, so we had to ask the maintenance person to turn off the smoke detectors um, and shut down the vents so the smoke wouldn't drift into other rooms, causing issues. Um, and it was worth going through the effort, and they were more than happy to do so. I don't know if that's the same in most hospitals. We are very lucky with the maternity ward that we have here in our area. Um, they're very open um, to that kind of thing. So, yeah, and I found myself offering a prayer quietly um, to, to, to whoever was listening, asking for support. Uh, but the whole process of doing that, and the midwife was very much on, on board with that, and... It, yeah, it really helped calm calm everybody down and make made that space really feel like ours. So it's a relaxing space, nice lighting, gentle music. We had um, a recording from a hypnobirthing online course. If you haven't heard of hypnobirthing, look it up. Um, my wife really, really enjoyed that course uh, in terms of helping her relax around the idea of um, the birth. Um, and with the midwife there too, she was advocating for us to have a quiet space, limited intrusion from the nurses, because it can be busy sometimes in a birthing uh, room, in a maternity ward with the nurses coming and going all the time, checking in. Um, 
And they were amazing. So they're very supportive of that. So we didn't have too many interruptions aside from the midwife, which is amazing. In terms of uh, a dad in a supporting role, I still find it hard. I still find it difficult um, to really know when, if at all, I should step in. One thing I know, noticed though is that the midwife is actually very supportive of me and my role. And so they came to a point where mum didn't want to make any decisions because she's going through, you know, physically uh, as the labor is increasing, she's in pain. And so when the midwife is asking questions, I just went back to what's the birthing plan? What did we agree? Um, and I just kind of, I used that. So making sure you have a birthing plan and if there is an opportunity to go to um, birthing classes, then I think as the support person, that's really, really important. Uh, and having that birthing plan that you've talked through, so as the advocate, which you are in this case, um, you know what to say and what the right decisions are, um, provided everything is going well and there's no complications, certainly. Um, and then, then if there are complications, sometimes there's two choices, you know, or maybe more. So having a birthing plan that you can lean into, I think is really important. And they have your birthing plan. So in this case, the midwife has the birthing plan, the hospital has the birthing plan, and you also are very aware of, you know, the choices that, or the, the choices you've discussed um, should X, Y, or Z happen. Um, so birthing plan was really good to have that and to, to know that the midwife was communicating with me equally as much as the mum. So I was aware of what was going on and if needs be, I could kind of step in with whatever response was necessary on mum's behalf because she's in too much pain. Um, what else could I say about this? Um, in terms of the support person, there wasn't, what was incredible, I will say this, Mum used no pain medication. Now, I don't want to talk about too much of the detail of the birth because it's as much her experience as mine, but I can say that, yeah, there was no pain meds. I feel comfortable sharing this, um, but no pain medications whatsoever. And that was just incredible to see mum going through that was quite unbelievable. Like, I was in awe, honestly, and... In a way, maybe I didn't appreciate before because this now is the second child that we've had. And so it wasn't the first experience for mum. And when it is the first experience, the first time, it's very different. And I felt like this time we both knew what to expect to a certain point. And so I could, I've just felt more relaxed. And with that, I think I was able to step back a bit and just be like really in awe at the whole moment. Whereas before I was more stressed out knowing that I needed to support mum. It was her first time going through this experience. And yeah, in this case, I was just, yeah, just like, wow. Yeah, motherhood, incredible, absolutely incredible. But it was well, no but really. It's just incredible. Incredible to watch and be witness to it. And very grateful as well. Um, yeah, for all the support around us, but just for mum being able to step up in that way it was just incredible um so yeah i just really wanted to honor that and i really felt in that moment to remember i just really wanted to be remember to remember that moment and that awe that i had for her as the mum so in a way this birthing experience gave me a renewed perspective 
and the reminder to always honor that um, through the parenting journey. Um, because yeah, it's really quite something to witness. So yeah, honestly, the most, the smoothest experience that I have had as a dad. What was really cool was just moments, almost like minutes after our son was born. My son in the UK, he happened to phone, and so we're in the delivery room, um, and he can get to meet his little brother, his little baby brother. Um, yeah, within minutes of him coming into the world, which was really cool. Um, and I could tour him around the birthing room. And here's the cool thing. There's a few birthing rooms, but all three boys have been born in the same room of this maternity ward in our local town here, which was pretty cool. Like, that's just a coincidence. Um, and I was kind of touched by that. And it was really nice for me to be able to share that with him, too. So he got, a, he got to see the birthing pool. He got to see the, all the things so that he could feel like he was there as much as, you know, as he can be. So that was a nice touch. Um, what I did next, actually, we stayed that night. And the next morning, I went to pick up our three-year-old from daycare. He'd been dropped off at daycare by his aunt. Um, and then I brought him straight to the hospital because I wanted him to be involved and be there as quickly as possible um, when it felt right. And so he managed to come. We had some games and things for him and we brought some lunch. Um, and then when mum was settled and happy with baby again, I came back home with our three-year-old and then we stayed here. And then it was the next day that we went to pick up mum. So it's just, yeah, a bit of a juggle of making sure that everybody feels included. Uh, my son overseas, our three-year-old who's with family members, um, so that, yeah, nobody's feeling left out. We were very, very conscious of that. So that all went really well and really smoothly. And then when we came home, and here's where the here's the real challenge for me, um, just on the sidelines of the of the birth, um, so to speak, my dog died. We got home, and that day that we got home with the baby, she just gave up, and I could see it. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink. She fell over on her side um, several times. Couldn't walk. Uh, she went to a part of the garden in the backyard that she's never been to before and just curled up and wouldn't move and it was as if she was saying this is where I want to be buried and that was where I ended up burying her we ended up burying her um yeah the next day not pleasant not a pleasant experience and she's been with me for 12 she's 14 she was with me for 12 years the kids are really attached to and so that was the first that's what happened first then as a family we buried her um, I have my kid in the UK was on um, FaceTime in tears. Um, I was pretty much in tears. Uh, we did a proper proper ceremony. You know, I dug a big hole before I put her down so I didn't have to deal with that. And then she went in the ground. Um, we all gave an offering into the grave, as you do. So that was really tough. And then the day after that, I got Norwalk virus, which is when liquid comes out of both ends. So I was literally could not move and I was in bed completely incapacitated for two days. So so and then I didn't get better for two weeks. So I couldn't eat any food for about two weeks. Um, great for the beach body um, shedding weight like that. But it was nasty. So I was in a really bad shape for the first two weeks. Um, 
And in a way, it just gave mum space to see how strong and capable she is. Um, because she was, I mean, I did my bit. I spent time with our toddler, our three-year-old. Um, and, you know, did as best I could around the house. But our baby's been incredible. Like he's a very, from, mum would say from week one. I would say from two months. She might be right on this. But he's been very smiley throughout. He's a really fun, gentle soul. Um, he's not been screaming. He's been very calm for the most part um, and very sweet. So, yeah. And springtime, have a baby in spring. Why, why have a baby in the winter? Like, it's just hell because that was our last experience. To have a baby in the spring has been much easier, I think, on everyone. Um, so that's a huge, yeah, that's been huge, actually. The time of year has made a big, big difference for us. Um, so, yeah, got home, lost the dog, got Norwalk virus. Uh, Mum was just killing it. She was doing amazing. Um, and everybody now is kind of very much settled into the routine of baby. Um, but there's certainly some tips and tricks for managing a three-year-old in the same home as a baby. Um, let's just say our house at nighttime, there's a lot of white noise going on, uh, muffling the sounds of baby waking up in the night. Even though he's been, for the most part, pretty good, um, you know, the idea of the toddler waking up at four o'clock in the morning with the baby um, just doesn't bear thinking about. So we do have, a, a, we have white noise playing throughout the house. Uh, seems to help everybody sleeping for the most part pretty good. And then the other thing that actually comes to mind is, and I've felt this with all three kids in different degrees, um, and every parent is different about this, but I do feel... Um, there's a lot of focus initially on the needs of family and friends to meet the newborn. And I don't find that helpful. There is this, there's just this pressure for like everybody else has this need to see or to pick up the baby. And I know that shouldn't be a big deal. But sometimes I'm just like, you know what, just back off the baby. Like, because it does stress them out. You could Google that. Like, the more stimulated they are and particularly when they're being passed around new people they don't know. It really ties them out and it kind of stresses them out a bit. Um, you may find conflicting evidence of that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, third kid, I feel like I've got a good handle on babies. Um, so yeah, I just if, if you know people with a newborn, just wait maybe to be asked. Would be like offer, can I bring you a meal or something? Can I be of help, of service? Can I come around and clean your kitchen? But yeah, I just think it's, um, that's an interesting thing that I've just noticed with all the kids. It's always this pressure and you kind of, you get judged by other people on how open and willing you are for them to be picking up and playing with your baby, even though they're so young at this point that really all they need is their parents, um, you know, their main carers that may not be their parents necessarily. So anyway, just mentioning that, I don't know where you stand with that. Um, I just think some sort of respectful space should be given within the newborn phase um, because it's stressful enough that you don't need the pre that extra pressure. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, the podcast is back. I'm going to be dropping, actually maybe today, I may drop this podcast. And also coming up is Emily Churkin, who is a screen time consultant. And I just listened to that conversation before... Um, 
finalizing the edits. And it's a really good one. Emily's really good. She brings up some really good points around uh, screen time as a family. So I highly recommend listening to that podcast episode, which is going to be released immediately after this one, um, probably on the same day. So go and check that out if you get a chance. I will be sharing, um, yeah, lots of reflections, as I said, over the last few months, um, things that have come up, um, dealing with siblings, dealing with a kid that lives overseas. Um, You know, they're constant challenges as a parent. And yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing some of those thoughts with you over the next few weeks. And I have some great guests, actually, that will be coming on. Um, But I will be doing quite a few solo casts, I think, because I really want to share, um, yeah, some of the ideas and thoughts that I have around parenting in the situation that I found myself in um, to hopefully be of help and service to other dads and mums that may be listening as well. Um, Yeah, anything that I can do to help support other dads that are in similar situations. So hoping that you will continue to listen and check in now on a regular basis because I am back. Um, I expect to drop a podcast every Every two weeks, I'll be dropping a podcast. Um, It will be midweek. I can't guarantee with a baby and a toddler and work life and family balance that it will be on the same day every every two weeks, but I will try my best on a Wednesday or Thursday to release the podcast. And I look forward to sharing more of my parenting journey with you over the next few months. But for now... We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders. And a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.